So the trees, connecting to the trees is not just about receiving their stories. It's helping you to understand your own story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If Trees Could Talk, that's the book title of this week's podcast. And when I say book, I mean one of many. Holly Wharton is a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for many years. She's been a guest before on The Way, the Sensitive podcast. And when she she has this uncanny ability to have a direct, direct experience and write a book on it, um, have an idea and write a book on it. If I was to sum Holly up, then I would say that she's all about deepening connection with yourself through your connection with nature and how to live an adventurous life. One of the things, that's one of the things that I admire most about Holly is her adventurous nature. And I don't just mean the physical adventures, like she's done a 100k run, I think now. She's hiked all over so it, but it's not just the physical adventures, but also her adventurous nature. So what you're going to hear on this podcast is her own story of a direct experience of connecting with the unseen realm of trees, communicating with tree spirits. And like all the stories that we share on this podcast, it is another example of how those direct experiences leads to the beliefs that we've got about communicating with the unseen and how it's not woo, it's real. So as you listen to this podcast, I invite you to start wondering and noticing how you might want to deepen your connection with trees, plants and nature. And I know that some of you listening already have a very deep connection with nature. And I wonder what the similarities are. I wonder what validation you might experience as you listen to Holly's story. I apologise in advance for the sound quality that was recorded before I had my current podcast set up. It's a bit tinny and a bit echoey, but enjoy. Hi, Holly. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on again. Thank you for being the first first guest on the new podcast. So excited. Hey, and we I get to talk, I was thinking this morning, I get to talk about energy channeling and nature like oh my god what a bind my <laughs> 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 three favorite things to talk about yes uh, so okay so have I mentioned on the the introduction you are all about at the moment one of the things that you are all about is communicating with trees yes so do you want to just start off by saying how you view true commu- tree communication and obviously you know I see it as very like the same as channeling, but do yeah. you see it as the same as channeling? Like, how do you define it? Yeah, I definitely see it the same as channeling because it's, you know, trees obviously don't have vocal cords, so you're not uh-huh. hearing a physical voice. It's very subtle. It's kind of an internal voice that I get. But of course, not everyone gets a voice. You might get um, images, you might get symbols, you might get feelings, you might get... Um, kind of feel emotions that aren't yours and that's kind of your sign that it might be coming from them um you might be able to write down the message of the tree so there there's it's a very subtle communication and there's so many ways that you can receive their messages um so it's not it's very much like channeling it's it's not like having a conversation with a person 
So I think you just said the word there that kind of summed up the difference is that it's all on that subtle energy realm. So whether we're talking about um, reading somebody's auric field or the energy maybe of a stone circle or something like that, then trees sound like it's very much the same. It's just all on that subtle yeah. energy realm and you have to kind of tune into that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And so I, I want go on. No, and I think that's why some people might struggle in the beginning because you really have to slow down, as you know, connect, mm. just open up your awareness. And then once you get the hang of it, I mean, I when I go running, sometimes I'll talk to the trees and I'll just say hello and, <laughs> and you know, have like a light conversation as I go by. But but when I first got started, I really had to sit down and slow down and and listen. So, okay. So it sounds like your skills have evolved over time. So, so could you tell us like, how did it start? When did it start? Did, did a tree, how did it start? You know? So I used to get these weekly Akashic records readings from my friend, Vicki Young in the States. And what she would do is you would sign up for a month's worth of Akashic records readings. And she would tap into your Akashic records, get a really kind of, targeted, detailed, focused message for the week, like what you need to focus on for the week and then send it to you. And so this one week I got this email from her and it said, the next time you go on one of your walks, go up to the trees and talk to them. Um, you know, Put your hands on the bark and sense their energy, sense if any of your chakras are activated and just start talking to it. And I remember reading that email and I thought, seriously? Like, <laughs> Like, I don't know how to do this. What, what are you talking about? But I did it. So I was so, out. Before, yeah. sorry, before to interrupt, but so what made you do it? Is it just because you were following the guidance or did it connect because, with something because in you? all the messages that my Akashic Records keepers ever sent me via email yeah. or via one-to-one sessions or whatever, they were all spot on. I mean, they were right. always, they always resonated. Even if they were weird like this, I thought, yeah. well, for some reason, they're telling me this, so I may as well do it. Okay, okay. So, so you trusted the source then? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay that absolutely. makes sense. Um, so I was out on a walk, and I went up to a tree, and I touched it, and I, I connected with it, and it said, it's okay. And I was like, what? And so then I walked up to another tree, and it said the same thing. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. So I kept on walking, and I got lost. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got turned around and then I started to kind of get anxious. And then mm-hmm. I thought I had never been in this woods before. I wasn't anywhere near home. So I didn't have any references. Wow. I didn't have a map with me for stupid reasons. And I just started to panic. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered what the trees had said. And I thought, oh, maybe it's okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can ask a tree. So I went up to this little birch tree and I, I said, you know, please, can you help me? I'm lost. How do I get back to the trail? How do I get back to the route that I was on? And it told me, it was like, go back to here, take a left here, take the left. And, you know, it, it gave me very clear directions and I followed wow. the directions and I got back on path. So that was like, well, wow. This is a thing. Okay. So I've had something similar with the A's with running when I've got lost on a run. I think we said that before, but there's, there's so much in that to unpack. Mm. Um, so so they kind of gave you the message in advance. Yeah. They knew what yeah. was coming. Yeah. And and wanted to reassure you. And then that also gave you the so-called, you know, in, in quotes, evidence, yeah. maybe. So, so how did you know in that moment that it wasn't 
your own internal guidance or did it not matter like what I have a sense that there was something that felt different to you or something I didn't even question it because I was lost and I was panicking and I someone gave me information and so I followed it um absolutely someone who's a skeptic could argue that some part of my brain remembered how I got lost so then I could unwind that to get back possibly that's a thing but I really I just really felt lost and confused and anxious and I just trusted what the tree said. Yeah, it's hard to access that part of your brain that can remember where you got, you know, yeah. can remember things when you're, when you're anxious like that. But my sense as you were talking about it is that you felt held. I felt supported. Supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really felt supported by the trees. It's, I, you know, I spend so much time out in nature, mm-hmm. either walking or now running or doing outdoors courses. And I just feel really connected to the trees in particular. I've always loved trees and plants. And I just felt like, you know, they've seen me walk down trails and, and they wanted to help. So would you would you say that a connection with trees has always been a part of your life looking back now or yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely I mean I grew up in a house with a very big garden we had trees in the front we had trees in the back and there's this one tree in the front garden that I remember I always used to climb and um and I would sit in the different branches it was a, a carob tree and it had these big thick branches that you could climb up and just sit in and I used to pre- pretend that different branches were different rooms of my house and um, that's so cute <laughs> I love that and I really love that tree so yeah does that tree have any kind of spiritual meaning I'm just curious is like I some know. right yeah, a good, that's a really good question I've never and I've never known one of those trees since um and sadly yeah. it was cut down because it was lifting up the street and everything around it because of surface roots but um yeah it was a big part of my childhood yeah and, and it's just um I'm remembering a, a, a tree workshop that I went on and the facilitator there was saying that, I mean, we were working with the energy of trees and I was in that place. I was like, yeah, right. Okay. But then I had a lot of direct experiences that showed me I needed to be humble yet again. Um, but, but one of the things that he said was that quite often there is a tree that's followed you around. Mm. You all, and Willow was the tree for me. Yeah. But I'd not seen that. So I just wondered, but this sounds like it was um, kind of a one-off for you that was significant, but but not necessarily able to follow you around because you've followed, you've gone into so many different countries in your life, haven't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> From a yes. practical point of view. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never, I've never known another tree of that species. So Okay. So when you'd come out of the woods yep. and you'd recovered, what was, um, what was your reaction? How did you reflect on it? What did you do with that experience? What happened from there? I, I mean, it was kind of like, I can't believe this just happened to me. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is wild. Like, like how could I, how did I do this? <laughs> but I mean, but I was, I was already channeling at that point. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd done your channeling course uh-huh. and you had helped me with channeling. And so I played around with that. And so I was already kind of familiar with talking to unseen yeah. energies. Yeah. And, and a tree is so much more tangible in that way because, you know, I've, I feel like I'm communicating with the tree spirit, but I have yeah. a physical body there to communicate with. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's interesting. So how, how does that make a difference to you? Because I suppose it could be the same for people that want to work with stones or yep. crystals or something. So yeah. how does that make a difference to you that it's physical? I just think it makes it easier. 
because okay. I have this living being in front of me yeah. that I can see as I talk to it. Whereas I think for me with channeling spirit guides, which I don't do as much of as I'd like to, like I know they're there, yeah, but I don't see them yeah. and, and I'm a very visual person. So I think yeah. it does help to have the being there with me. Okay. So one of the things that I get asked a lot about is how to like keep a channeling practice going, yeah. you know, and I, and I think that's really interesting what you just said, because you, I mean, you talk to trees a lot, but you're in nature a lot. Yeah. And yeah. so you get that visual cue or yep. maybe we should just encourage people to draw their spirit guides or something and put it on their wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like a reminder. So, so, okay. So you had already been working on that subtle energy field and you've done a lot of like energy work, like site K and things like that. Haven't you? Yeah. So you're used to working in that realm yes. quite a lot. Yeah. So did you want to, what happened afterwards? Did you want to run around and speak to every tree or did you like just leave it for a while? I think I left it for a while. I mean, I think I had kind of superficial conversations with trees here and there, like, hey, hi, you know, how are you? That kind of thing. But I didn't really get into it until that yew tree gave me the idea for the book. And that was when I started taking it seriously. Uh, okay. So how did that come about? So the book is the If Trees Could Talk? Yes. Okay. Yes. I love that book. Yeah. So I was, I went on this forest bathing meetup with these people I didn't know. I've never seen them since. Um, it was a lovely meetup that it just hasn't, I haven't coincided with their dates. Um, but we went to this place called Newlands Corner, which is about 15, 20 minutes from where I live. And it's, it's beautiful kind of hillside with a view, but then it's got this old yew woodland. Uh -huh. um, so we were walking, doing the forest bathing thing, connecting with our senses to nature. And then we got to this, this grove of yew trees and they said, go pick a yew tree and just connect with it. And so I immediately, my eye was caught by this tree and I went over to the yew tree and I started touching it. And it said to me, you know, you're working on a book. I was working on a novel at the time, which mm -hmm. it hasn't happened. And it said, you're really struggling with it. And we have an idea for a book that would be easier for you to write. Trees have stories and people mm. need to hear our stories. So you could collect our stories and put them in a book. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Mm. And that was in, I think, January. And it was quite you know, cold through the winter. And then I, I started, I think it was the first day of spring um, when I started collecting the first stories. So... Okay. So again, what made you trust that? I know we've talked about the fact that you were used to it. Yeah. But there was, the, it sounds like there was something, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm making no, it up. No, no, okay. you're absolutely right. This is different. Right. Like I remember okay. I got home from the forest bathing and I went to my husband. I was like, oh my God, I have this idea. This tree gave me an idea for a book. Like <laughs> I had this so much energy and it was like, this is so amazing. And, mm. and it was just like, I just felt in my body at the second I'm getting chills as I tell you the story the second the tree gave me that idea and, and you know presented yeah. the the project to me it just felt in my body so exciting it was like mm. this is the next step on my path this feels right this feels fun it feels juicy it's like <gasps> mm. oh, it okay. just felt so great yeah that's how you know it's for yeah, you absolutely okay so trees have stories I love I love that. So, um, so uh, there's about a thousand questions going through my head. So, but the, the first thing, what do you think trees 
what do you think Trees want us to know how overall like they mm. all have a is there a theme that's maybe different from perhaps spirit guides or stone mm. circles or are they all mm. saying the same thing what's your take on that so there were two kind of overarching themes to the stories the trees had for me and the messages that they gave me. So one of them was that they generally, genuinely want to help us. So they want to help us connect to nature mm. so that we can connect with ourselves, have better lives and be more respectful of the planet. Um, mm-hmm. So I really got this, this message from many, many trees that, you know, they want to help us, but they also, through helping us, want to help us respect the planet, okay. um, which of course will help them. The other overarching theme that I got from them was slow down. Mm-hmm. Slow down, you move too fast. Was I heard that so many times. Um, because when I was working on this book, I was also doing this, this project called Walk a Thousand Miles, where you oh, set yeah. the goal of walking a thousand miles in a year. And, and so I was walking, 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 walking. And not always, unless I was receiving a story, I wouldn't necessarily pause to sit with a tree and connect. Yeah. Um, And even when I did, it really, you know, I really had to make that conscious effort to just slow down my energy and connect in that way. So what what are the benefits that you've experienced personally from learning how to slow down your energy that way? Stress reduction, um, anxiety reduction. It just, it really helps me to kind of get off that treadmill of do 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 and mm. and just relax it's so interesting isn't it that all the messages from nature just seems to, my language is that they just talk about embodiment mm. you know and that's like being in our bodies being present yep. being really physical that's yep. where our true power is and mm. that's where our connection to self is and connection to others so um how how do you think that being connected, this is a big question mm. and we could do a whole podcast on it. So just <laughs> like skim the surface of this one. Um, how does being connected with nature help us connect with ourselves? Do you think? In fact, I think you have a podcast on this, don't you? Uh, I think I might. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's exactly what you said. It's that embodiment. It's, it's slowing down. It's connecting with all of your senses. It's connecting with the subtle energies and through that, getting to know ourselves, getting mm. to know our wants and needs and preferences and through connection with ourselves. So the trees, connecting to the trees is not just about receiving their stories. It's helping you to understand your own story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. So um, I want to go back as well to something that you mentioned when you were talking about getting lost and that Mm. you were being guided, you know, the first time that you heard the messages from the trees and how that links to, like, I have this, this almost like guilt. Well, I think we all walk around with this environmental crisis guilt Mm. and, and this idea that we should constantly be doing better. It's our fault that the planet's in this state. Mm-hmm. And I know from a psychological point of view, that is not the place to be taking like action from. Mm-hmm. It's not the place to be living uh, from a, when you're trying to find a healthy solution. And so do you think when, this, when you said that the trees are here to help us, 
there's um, a spiritual guy. I'll have to, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, I'll link to it in the link to him in the show notes, but um, he teaches an African spirituality and talks about us being like the planet wants us here. Mm. The planet wants us here. And that was a huge mm. shift for me. Yeah. And then there's an author, Matthew Fox, who talks about as being the original blessing rather mm. than original sin. Because I think we car- go around and carry that idea that we're, we're inherently wrong. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you've had an experience with nature where it's like they want nature wants us to be here, to be mm. celebrated. Just can you just riff on that a bit about your experiences? Yeah, I definitely feel that. I just feel like we've made very bad choices up until now. And that doesn't mean that we can't make different choices in the future. Um, I have a teacher that says that he thinks that the golden age of our planet is still to come. Mm. Um, But of course, that depends on what decisions we make and politicians make and lawmakers make and, and all of that. And I think it depends much more on the leadership of the world rather than individual people. But of course, individual people are the ones who vote for the people making decisions. So it's, you know, it's up to all of us. um, But I think we need to start making better decisions on a much higher level. Mm, And I think if we can click, like if we can um, heal that guilt and shame Mm, about being wrong and broken, then that's part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely do not get the sense that nature thinks that we're wrong and broken. I think they just think we've been making very bad decisions. So have the trees actually said anything specifically about it? Have you asked them about it or? I haven't asked them about kind of the bigger questions of, you know, climate change and what to do okay. and things like that. Okay. Um, I had one tree get very upset about people leaving plastic in the woods and encouraging people to, when you walk, carry a rubbish bag so you can collect other people's rubbish, which you've seen me do. I have. I remember that. tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had another tree talk about, you know, think about what you can do to make the planet a better place. Um, again, I don't think recycling is going to save the world, but I think yeah. when we do recycle rather than throwing something in the trash, that that makes us more aware of why, you know, the importance of okay. the materials that we use and, and things like that. So when you talk about one tree was really annoyed and what are the, like, what are the personalities of... <laughs> Oh, do you experience personalities with yeah, the trees? Abs- okay. Absolutely, absolutely. So this this one tree, um, I was in Savernick Forest and I was walking and I could the tree was calling me, but I didn't know where it was. And I'm walking down this path and I'm trying to kind of get a feel for for where it was. And I made a turn, and there was a it was a can or a bottle or something, and I just walked right by it. And then when I got to the tree, it was like, why did you do that? And I went back and I got the bottle and I t- carried it, packed it out with me. But but he was just very annoyed and like, you know, just, just very ranty, that tree. Um, but I had this other tree also in Savernic Forest, um, the, the original queen oak, who was just, I, I love that tree so much. And every time I go back to Savernic, I I always make sure to walk by her. She's in the middle of in the middle of nowhere. So you really have to kind of go out of your way to get her, get to her, but she has so much joy. She's this really ancient veteran Oak who's kind of dialed back her crown because she's so old and she's just trying to survive and she's crumbling 
Mm. And she has so much joy. Her energy is just delightful. And her chapter is all about finding your joy in nature, whatever brings you joy in nature. Mm. And she's just such, such a delightful tree. I was going to ask you what your favorite trees were, but I think you've just kind of answered that. Have you, or do you feel guilty thinking? I don't know. Favorite? Yeah, I, I do feel guilty saying there's a favorite, but because there are trees that I've visited much more, and so I kind of feel more of a connection. But her energy is just gorgeous, mm. and it's it's such a contrast because I get sad every time I look at her because I realize she's dying. She's mm-hmm. not. You know, she's not doing well. She's not going to be here much longer. Um, and yet her energy is just so delightful. So the physical form is not going to be around for much longer. Yeah. And do you have a sense, like, where does tree energy go? Like, obviously you should know this. You mm. are the tree expert and <laughs> you should know everything. <laughs> well, that's a really good question because the very first tree that I, I spoke with for the book is not alive. Um and that Say really what? confused me. So the very first tree that I spoke with in the book is this old oak tree that's dead, mm-hmm. but it spoke to me and it gave me a story and I sat with it. And then mm-hmm. it had Beautiful. some greenery up in the top, but I think it's, I think it's other trees that are kind of, their seeds have fallen. Yeah. And so they've sprouted up there because I actually wrote to someone from the forestry commission and I sent a picture of this tree and I was like, what is this tree? Cause it looked like an oak, but it didn't have any bark. And, and he was like, well, it's a dead you know, peduncular oak. And I was like, but I can't be dead because I talked to it. And, and the sensation that I get is that they stay alive through, through the fungal systems that connect the roots of trees. They stay Mm -hmm. alive. It's a spirit of the tree. So Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. because the physical form is gone. Doesn't mean that the spirit is gone as well. And they kind of stay connected through their, through their form, whatever that is, whether it's a standing dead tree or a trunk or a, whatever. Uh, but that was, that was a huge shock to me. Cause it was like, how did I speak to this thing? If it's not alive. Right. Okay. Yeah. But it's just it's physical that is not sustained yeah. in the same yeah. way. Okay. That makes sense. And I just want to circle back to the idea of like trees having personalities or themes and they yeah. are conscious beings themselves yeah. that are on their own evolutionary path. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I think as well, when, Certainly when people think about channeling and when I talk about high level guides, mm. you know, and, um, and their, their wisdom and guidance is always loving. If mm. it's not choose somebody else, you know, um, but the, the definition of love can be, um, let me just find my language here. So there's a difference between being nice and, and yeah. love. And yeah. so I've had very clear, guidance come through when I have not been listening and not paying attention and I always say like the age just like push me on the shoulders sit me down and say this you need to look at this and and it's very firm and very clear I don't feel like they experience anger but Mm. there is some like disappointment maybe Mm. or you know Mm. and I think that's interesting to what you said about the tree and I remember um you know the one that was angry yeah you're not picking up stuff yeah and I remember I don't know whether it was just because I was with you because I don't normally pick up messages from trees I can't say that I've tried to flowers Mm. they Mm. do yeah and stone circles obviously but when we were on Avebury Mm. and we I 
I was I was having this particular challenge in my life where I was feeling disempowered Mm. and we were walking and I walked past this tree and it grabbed hold of me energetically can you remember because we recorded it yeah but the message was almost like don't you dare ignore your power it's like stand in your power and stand tall um and I think that's interesting if people think about doing this for themselves that they like they can get I don't know if you want to contribute to this either as, as well, but they can get really grounded, basic, detailed information about mm. improving their lives. It's not just about spiritual, esoteric guidance. Mm. It's really practical. Yeah, it absolutely can be, depending on what you're looking for and what you want. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you were, so can anybody talk to and communicate with you? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. But it's like any other skill, you know, you might not get it on the first go. Yeah. Okay. You might well, need no, to try a few you times. needed to like, well, from what you were saying before is now when you're running, you can pick up messages yeah. as you go past. Yeah. And that is because you've practiced, you've written, you know, you've, you've obviously practiced because you've yeah. channeled a book. Yeah. Um, so before we go on about other people, what do you think um, is the biggest changes that have happened since you started channeling? trees and working with tree energy I mean you've been on tv yeah (laughs) I'm gonna say I was like beautiful girl that's so cool yeah I would say it's it's just a deeper connection to nature it's it's being aware of of the spirits of nature being aware of the unseen you know it's, it's like people you know I'm not I'm not talking to your hair or to your skin like I'm talking to your spirit your soul yeah and and with nature it's the same thing so it's not just this beautiful tree or plant that's sitting there it's they've got a spirit Mm. so I think it's it's having that connection has just added a new layer to my my outdoor adventures and experience okay so it's it's give it more depth yeah okay yeah absolutely and it's increased your sense of connection to nature yes and it's so, encouraged me to slow down. So again, right, rather okay, than like okay. walking, 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 yeah. getting in my miles. And and since that year, I have not done the walk a thousand miles challenge. Uh, well, you've, cause you're running. Yeah, true, true. I'm actually running thinking about doing the running miles, thousand and miles, miles and miles and miles challenge. and miles and miles and miles. Yeah. But, but I haven't felt the need to kind of, to do that. I think because I've spent more time slowing down and doing things, slower things in nature, in addition to running. Right. Okay. So you might not be able to answer this because it just might not be a very good question, but I'm just wondering if I can see how it's made a difference for your connection out in nature. And I'm wondering about whether it's made a difference to your everyday life. That's not in nature. You know, Mm. the fact that you work at a desk, you run your own business and you you know do all the usual things in life has it impacted that at all or not that's a really good question um I'm not sure Mm -hmm. you know it opened me up to different things so the year after I or the year that I published the book so which was the year after I collected the stories I did a plant spirit healing apprenticeship so that was working with plant spirits for healing um, okay. And so obviously plants, you know, you can have in your office. Um, and so I'm surrounded by plants, even though I'm not going outside. So I think, I think it has made me aware of the importance of being surrounded by plants and, and trees. 
I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I would imagine that the working with the plant spirit was just the next natural step. Then yeah, after yeah. connecting at that there, and then that's how opened up a, a different relationship yeah. with working on that realm. Yeah, that's gorgeous. So, um, so yeah, so you think that anybody can anybody mm. can do this? Yes, absolutely. I I think that as long as you you're interested, you're curious, and you're willing to put in the time. Again, it might happen on your first go, or it might take some time. Um, but since I wrote the book, many, many people have been asking me yeah. to write a book on to teach them how to um, channel trees and work with trees and communicate with trees. And I'm working on that book. Uh, it's going to be another channeled book. But in the meantime, um, I've created an online course to kind of walk people through the steps and, and be able to guide them and, and be on hand for them to ask me questions. So. Okay, so what do you think is the most important thing for somebody to know when they first start, other than don't be disappointed if it doesn't happen the first time and Mm. to keep practicing? What else do you think they need to know? Just follow your intuition. You know, a lot of people ask, well, how do I know what tree to talk to? Is there a tree that's that's kind of piquing your interest or, or calling you? Is there a tree that always catches your attention when you're walking down a trail or when you go to a park? go with that tree because there's a reason that your attention is drawn to it. Okay. So you trust your intuition on, on making the decisions and trust your, trust your intuition in receiving the message. Mm. Because I think tree communication like channeling is very much an exercise in self-trust mm-hmm. um, because it's so easy to doubt ourselves. You know, mm. am I making this up? Is this mm-hmm. for real? I, am I crazy? Like what, what's really going on here? It, it can be really hard in the beginning. And so I think it's a great way to, to practice self-trust and to cult- cultivate self-trust. Okay. So, so this is kind of circling back around to something else that you've said is, as as well. So what do you think have the trees got a collective purpose or a purpose in relationship to the rest of nature or and a purpose connected to us or they're just here doing their own thing do you have a sense of that I think it's a combination of things um as I said before I really do think that they want to help us yeah um not all trees of course I think some trees can become grumpy some trees just aren't interested in talking and that's another Mm. thing so always ask permission ask consent Mm. don't just go up to a tree and expect it to talk to you (laughs) ask it you know you wouldn't walk up to a person in the street and just strike up a conversation right so you know, right. ask if it wants to talk. If you're not getting any communication, ask if it wants to talk because not all trees are interested. And if mm. it doesn't, don't take it personally and move on. Um, but a lot of trees, you know, do want to help us. Mm. So I think they do have that kind of collective mission of helping us live more in alignment with nature, live more in in balance with nature. So I, I that's interesting. And it's, I think you make a really good point that people experience it in different ways. So I know for me, sometimes um, I, when I've been on hikes and I've been like thinking about a specific issue or mm. mulling over a certain topic, then certain aspects of nature kind of light up. Mm. There's a light around mm. them. And I often associate that with more fey energy and I might mm. go to that place and, and, and see what's there and I feel into it and see what's yeah. coming after that. Um, and when I've 
gone on hikes, there's a particular, there's a lot of what I call guardian energy rocks down here. I mean, they're so old where I live in Cornwall, but I've walked past and I felt like one's a, a rock has grabbed me mm. and given me some information and then I felt into it. Yeah. So I think it does they do capture our attention yep. in different ways yep. and it's a real privilege. Yeah. So like I would invite, I, I know people, we need to um, trust. We need to get enough information so that we can trust. We can't just blindly trust, but I'll really like your approach is to do it with respect and yep. reverence and yep. that it's a privilege that we're getting access to that yeah. realm. Yeah. And then I think we can start treating ourselves a little bit more like that. And then when we're in relationship with somebody else, Mm. then maybe we can feel of me. Am I being respected? Am I being treated Mm. with that kind of respect? Because I know for me, channeling has been like, um, my relationship with my guides has been more like a template for how relationships are supposed to be do you have have, has anything like that happened with you with trees or that's a really good question I've never thought about it like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah definitely has made me more aware of you know just making sure the connection is there and and being respectful however I think I got a lot of that from Site K like the my Site K instructors were very much about you know being a facilitator your equals with your clients Mm. like consent mm-hmm. making sure everything's okay not having your own agenda yeah and I think that's that's a big thing that I took over into my tree communication which has then helped all of my other relationships as well that is a really good point that's a really good point and we need more of that in the mm. world don't we rather than you know yeah the whole conversation about online coaches being in that yeah. rescue mode yeah and, um I really like I really like that in terms of that equality and and respect and mm. skill sharing yes. and yes. that. So I'm just trying to imagine. I don't know if you've imagined this, but I'm just trying to imagine what it would be like if thousands and thousands of people were connected and communicating with trees. What do you think yeah. the difference would be? I just think we would be a much happier people. I think we'd be more connected with ourselves, more aligned, more aligned with nature making better decisions for our own personal lives and for the world. Um, I think more people would step up to, to help nature, Mm. um, whether that's volunteering or protesting or what, you know, whatever needs Mm -hmm. to be done. Um, Donating money to causes, you know, whatever it is like, but helping more. So, and and how would you see it if, if thousands of uh, millions, if, or if we were all communicating with nature, how do you see that impacting how we communicate with each other? I think there would be a lot more respect. Yeah. Um, a lot more, as I said, you know, equals. Yeah. Um, people kind of throwing away that agenda because so many people, when they're engaging with other people, they have this agenda. Like, I want you to do something. I want you to say something. I want, you know, I want something out of you rather than yeah. coming at it as equals and being like, well, would you prefer this or would you prefer that? And then being okay with the fact that the other person has a preference. Um yeah. So I think, I think we would be much more collaborative. Yeah. 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 So there's something there about like unity. Yeah. And, and, and when you feel that connection at that level, you kind of really instinctively know that we impact each other at that level. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
and I have this big bee in my bonnet about I'm sure there is a link between the unprocessed trauma of mass consciousness and psychic energy and the environmental mm. crisis. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so we want to we we want to see as many people as possible channeling and yeah. and communicating communication from nature and feeling more connected from yeah. nature. So, if anybody listening to this is really interested in learning more from you and about your course and how they can do it for themselves where mm. can we find you um my website is a place to go so hollywharton.com forward slash secrets because the the course is called secrets of tree communication <gasps> i love that why did i love it <laughs> did not even register that <laughs> um and if you want to read the book it's available online wherever you purchase books it's called if trees could talk life lessons from the wisdom of books yeah <laughs> Okay. So I'll put the, the, I've just spoken over you there. So I'll just, I'll put the link in the, the links in the show notes anyway. And I personally would like Holly has got so much resources on our website. I'd really encourage anybody to go over there. And I love following you on Instagram oh. like, because not just because of, you know, the, the connecting with trees but your whole relationship with nature and mm. you post pictures on there of things that I didn't even know existed <laughs> in nature um so oh I have one last question I don't know if you've been able to travel much for obvious reasons but have you communicated with trees in different countries or just this one it's an excellent question um yes so this one time I was interviewed by this Irish talk radio station mm-hmm. um, because they saw my TV appearance and they reached out and said, we want to talk to you. It was such a great appearance. It was so fantastic because they had, they had a, a person on Twitter getting questions from people as we were live on the radio. And someone said, wow. do the trees of Ireland have a message for us? And I was like, Oh, that's a great question. So mm-hmm. I paused and I kind of connected long distance and I asked them that right. question. I don't remember what the message was now, but but they did. And they had something they wanted me to say to people. So that was really lovely. But that's the only time I've ever mm, done that. Okay. Okay. Th- there's a lot that's interested in there as well about not having to be physically present with yes. something in order yeah. to get that energy. Um, and um, okay. So I was going to ask if, if there's a sense of a different theme or a different vibration or a different... Um, sense of collectiveness Mm. from different places in the world but my guess would be yes but I don't have enough experience to answer that yeah yeah I think earth energies that are local to the land are just really Mm. different so and I think I think the energies of the land affect the energies of the tree yeah um so I once got this email from this woman who said do you know that trees can be evil and I was like Hmm, tell me more. And she was staying at this place where that she this there was this tree that she felt was very kind of violent and imposing and angry and terrible. And and it didn't sit right with me when she told me the story. And I was like, mm, I don't think that was the tree. And then I ran it by my mentor, Sunit, who taught me the plant spirit healing apprenticeship. And I said, I think it's like a land problem. And she said, Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not the tree, it's the energies mm-hmm. of the land, but mm-hmm. it's she's perceiving it as the tree because that's kind of easier for her to understand than you know it's it's a problem with the land so apparently they went back to her and she said yes there's some problems with the land I think a bunch of trees have been cut down and Mm -hmm. and things that happened on the land and and so that made absolute sense um so 
Right. Yeah. So it might have been calling out for help, you know, yeah, in a way. Exactly. Then, exactly. Some land clearing. Okay. Mm, all right. Mm. Well, thank you so much for that. I really enjoy talking with you. I always enjoy talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. And before we finish today, I'm on the lookout for people's stories of direct experiences of spontaneously connecting or experiencing unseen realms. Whether that's similar to Holly and through plants and nature, or whether it's through sacred spaces like stone circles or ghosts or spirit guides, if you've had a direct experience that changed the trajectory of your life, whether you experienced it as a spiritual awakening or you're already on a spiritual path and it just shifted your focus, then please do get in touch with me at cara at carawild.com. So if that's you and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please contact me at cara at carawild.com or you can go directly to the podcast website. It's not woo, it's real.com and you can leave an audio over there if that's easier for you than emailing me and let's have a chat about your story fitting the purpose and mission of this podcast, which is all about normalizing the woo through direct experience and shared stories. Hope to hear from you soon. Bye for now.